Come up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Look them up indeed. It is a Wednesday edition up over the hump and looking forward now to a weekend that uh, may include the start of a classic American League Championship Series. Astros still have one game to find uh, and to create that scenario. Also, um, this weekend will not include the Longhorns, but there is some big-time college football, including Oregon-Washington runs. Oregon-Washington taking center stage game, in yeah. the uh, Pac-12. Michael Penix, Bo Nix. Dan Mullen against uh, Kalen DeBoard and his team. I mean, that's a really good game. Sexy matchup out west. Yeah, Pac-12 is going to cannibalize each yeah, other. Yeah, you feel like it, right? But so um, many good teams. Obviously, good this past weekend was Texas and OU. Big 12 taking center stage. And it uh, didn't disappoint. It was disappointing for Longhorn fans, but the game itself was a, it was classic. a hell of a game, man. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the first First quarter alone, Rod. It was a great first quarter. I haven't. It hadn't been many first quarters Haymakers, in the Texas man. OU game that I can remember. But I just think both Venables and Sark they finally know how to coach in this game. This game is about that game is about matching energy, matching momentum. You cannot allow your opponent to monopolize either of those things, and that's why both teams. Because you can be on the downside of a landslide, not because you're a bad team. And trust me, we were on a bad team in 2000 when we got blown out. You can get blown out and be a good team in this game. Just the momentum shifts are so extreme because the environment is so unique with the fans being split down you know, the middle and then it being a neutral location and being a hated rival and all that kind of stuff that you got to make sure that when you feel that momentum shift and you observe it, you better either for players or coaches, you better do something to try to – Take it back. Snatch it back. You better. And that's why and that's why Sark and Venables, that first quarter, they knew it. Like, boom, boom, boom. Oh, was great. Two was interceptions, a, fake it's like a, punts. It's like a game in itself. Fourth down. I mean, just it was everything. We, oh, yeah, was, think, the red, didn't the red cat, the red cat pass? And I think in oh, clock man. time, I think it was more than an hour long in the first quarter because there were several reviews. Um, There's injuries. Injuries. Yeah. I mean, but they were hidden. The, I just remember doing the in-game watch on On Texas Football with Inside Texas and we got to the end of the first quarter. It was Bobby Burton and myself, and you were joining us for the second quarter. And I was like, "Golly, that's been a quarter!" Yeah, it was a hell like of a like quarter. Hagler Hearns back in the mm-hmm. day, just landing blows. Yep, um, great fight. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. And yeah. then it kind of settled in, but still turned out to be and a then, great. Finish. And then it, and then it crescendos right toward the end. It like settles in. And then in the fourth quarter, it got. It got remember uh, Oklahoma really couldn't score like those last like. Th- Three or four drives prior to their game winning drive, they had like a turnover on downs and a missed field goal and a punt. They just kind of really couldn't figure yeah, it out. Let's... And then these guys, you're right. And then the crescendo. It was like a great movie that starts off really good, then it kind of settles in, and then boom with the wow ending. You're like, oh man. So like I said, Longhorn fans, you hated it, but trust me, you was a college football fan. You were like, that might have been one of the greatest games I've ever seen. That was fantastic. It was good. <laughs> it was good. Uh, and and that's you know that's why the the defensive performance by Texas in the last minute and a half was just so disappointing because you know if you because I one of my immediate thoughts that I wrote down when the game was over was Texas lost this game in the first 10 minutes of each quarter right the first part of each quarter first quarter and third quarter because in the first quarter was the two picks and they fell behind and then coming out of halftime they allowed Oklahoma to go right down the field after they had kicked that field goal before the half allowed them to go right down the field and score but the Oklahoma team didn't score again and that, that got them to 27 Rod uh, to start the third quarter, and the Texas was down 10 points again, and they didn't score again until that final touchdown. So the defense did settle in. They did get their hands around Dylan Gabriel. They were beneficiaries of a missed field goal, 
Uh, but at the same time, that's why, you know, go right down the field in six plays that quickly. I know, but in the end of every half, because they gave yeah. up. And remember, one of their worst drives, actually, even worse than yeah. the drive at the end of the game, was the end of the first half. Remember, they missed like five tackles they on that did. one drive. And we kept saying, damn, this has got to be the worst tackling drive the defense has had all game long. And I believe they go down and get a field, field goal, goal, if I'm not mistaken. And it, so I, I'm with you. They start off bad. They, the middle was pretty good for the yeah, Texas defense. Yeah, middle of both games. But, but yeah. they start off bad in the first half and and the second and half, ended. and then they ended bad in the end of the first half in the second half. I don't. I'm with you. That's a great point. I don't get what happened. Got to fix that. Yeah. Got to fix that. Uh, a lot of it. Was so man, un- you know what? Two minute drill. That's their situation they struggle with right now. Think about it. Because that's what uh, Oklahoma was doing at the end of the first half. That's basically the mode they were in into the second half on the game-winning drive. So two-minute drill, Texas struggles tackling on defense, and obviously with communication breakdowns when the game is moving that fast. So that's something they got to work on in bye weeks as well. And props to you for making that happen. Now, yeah, yeah you uh, Washington and Oregon is the game of the week in college football. It's a 2.30 kick in the middle of the afternoon from Seattle. Uh, which will be a lot of fun. That is uh, the centerpiece game. Aggies, of course, have a big game this week. They're going to play at Tennessee. Oh, that um, could be, yeah, that that could be interesting. You know, in Knoxville, they kind of been sleeping. Remember, they lost early in that game, and now they they're back to four one for Josh Heupel. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that game. It's it's not the most scintillating day of college football, but it's uh, it's Oregon Washington. That's a must see game. That's a national title implication kind of game right there, and a Heisman Trophy implication kind of game right there mm-hmm. with uh, what they are they are all about. Yeah, Kansas uh-huh. at Oklahoma State is interesting just because I don't know who's going to play a quarterback for Kansas. Is Jason Mean or Jalen Daniels? And Oklahoma State at home as an underdog. Dude, it's something about Mike Gundy at home as an underdog. He loves it. I think he's won eight out of the last nine at home as that's an underdog. A, that's an enigma, that team. He's, yeah, now, now he's finally picked a quarterback. Oh, yeah, Mike, and, we, and we know Mike Gundy can coach. We, we know he can coach. He ain't got great talent up there now, but we know at his culture or is kind of iffy because he he doesn't like the NIL and doesn't like the transfer portal. He's kind of living in that you know twenty. He's like living in twenty fifteen, but he can coach ball. The he's man mad at can OU coach ball. for leaving the bedroom. Mad run. <laughs> hey, uh, also ranked matchups this week at night. You got Miami after that colossal Mario Cristobal cluster bomb. Uh, maybe the worst coaching decision we've seen in a long time. They they are four and one going to North Carolina to play Mac Brown in the five and zero number twelve North Carolina Tar Heels. That's sexy. Don't sleep on Mac Brown's team. They got Drake May at quarterback, and they just got their top receiver back. Remember the NCAA? Yep. Ruled uh, mm-hmm. Trey's a tra- Tez Tez Walker. Tez Walker yeah, eligible. Okay. That's a draft pick, right? That the, he's projected as a top fifty draft pick, Rod. Mm-hmm. NFL play. scouts, and now Drake May has his number one guy, and uh, that would have been a sexier matchup if Miami had not. Screw the pooch at the end of the uh, Georgia Tech mm, game because they would have both been five and zero. Just nail the football, man. Also, USC plays at Notre Dame on Saturday night, and uh, UCLA plays at Oregon State. As far as ranked matchups, as we start looking forward to the big games of the weekend, uh, somebody texted and said, "Guys, haven't been able to log on for a couple days. What does Ty think of Dak Prescott now?" Oh no. Zizi. Zach Prescott sucks. Oh. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Sweet and simple. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, let's get to the headlines. That includes Jerry Jones' defense of his quarterback and uh, uh, the baseball tonight. Let's get to it. Top Gun, Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. Major League Baseball now will win away by the Astros. Go Astros! From an all-Texas uh, American League Championship Series. Unprecedented. Astros and Rangers pounded their ways to wins yesterday in Arlington. Rangers complete a dominating three-game sweep of Baltimore in the Yale Divisional Series, 7-1. to The final last night at Globe Life Field. Corey Seager, Adolis Garcia, El Bombe 
Also, Nathaniel Lowe all homer to back their ace, Nathan Eovaldi. He allowed just a single run over seven clutch frames. Rangers now 5-0 and in the postseason. They've outscored the 99-win Rays and the 101-win Orioles 32-12 to and are headed to the ALCS for the first time since 2011 for a happy first-year manager, Bruce Bochy. Uh, it's, it's unreal. This why I came back for hoping something like this would happen. I know how blessed I am to be in this situation. And these guys have been warriors, road warriors. I mean, we've been through a lot. And to be right now, I mean, there's work to be done still. Well, I mean, what, what, what kind of baseball they've been playing has just been awesome. Astros, meanwhile, now just a win away from playing in their seventh consecutive ALCS and setting up that Lone Star Championship Series. They rolled past the Twins yesterday in Minneapolis to take control of that divisional series. 9-1 to the final. Jose Abreu got him off early, crushed a three-run homer, part of a four-run first inning for Houston. Jordan Alvarez hit his fourth home run in three games to back stellar pitching from Christian Javier and four relievers. The defending champs can close that series out tonight. Game four, Jose Urquidy facing Joe Ryan. National League, both of those divisional series resume this afternoon and tonight. Phillies will welcome the Braves into what will be a raucous Philadelphia uh, for game three of that series. That series not at a two, at a game apiece. Also in Phoenix tonight, Arizona Diamondbacks can sweep the Dodgers. They took the first two games in L.A. Now they're back home. NFL, after getting demolished by the Niners in primetime last Sunday, Reeling Cowboys now turning their attention to another primetime matchup this week. They've got the Monday night football matchup with the L.A. Chargers in L.A. On his weekly radio visit with 105.3 The Fan yesterday morning, Cowboys owner and general manager Jerry Jones made it clear that despite Dak Prescott's poor performance this past week, three interceptions, he has full belief in his franchise quarterback. Uh, Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl. That That's the way that's going to be. All right, there you go. Uh, Chargers, meanwhile, will be coming off their bye week, and it appears they're also going to be getting their all-pro running back, Austin Eckler, back in their lineup. Dynamic runner and pass catcher, a full participant in practice yesterday. He's been out since week one when he hurt his ankle in a loss to the Dolphins. A trade in the NFL. Rams have agreed to trade wide receiver Van Jefferson to the Falcons in a draft pick swap. And finally, many prayers for the Olympic gold medalist and lifetime Longhorn Mary Lou Retton. According to her daughter, uh, Retton is fighting for her life, battling a rare form of pneumonia. In a post to social media yesterday, McKenna Kelly revealed that her mother has been in ICU for over a week now. The 55-year-old not able to breathe on her own as she battles to stay alive. Kelly's uh, daughter also revealed that financial support is needed. Her mother is currently without medical insurance. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, I do want to congratulate the Rangers. I think it's going to be um, a fun ALCS when, hopefully, I'm not going to jinx it, but when we get that old Texas. The OCS. Uh, don't jinx be, it. I'm not going to jinx it, but the, uh, the Astros, uh, like I said, they're playing really well. They're not honestly not playing as well as the Rangers, but they got more pedigree, championship pedigree, and DNA. So I think the as they get as they get deeper into the the postseason, I think you'll see the Astros rise to the occasion. But the Rangers right now might I don't know if they I don't know if anybody looks better than the Rangers. That lineup just keeps coming at you, it but the great. Astros kind of do the same. That's why the, the the matchup would be so great, especially if the Rangers can get Max Scherzer back. And it looks like there's a chance he's going to have a simulated start today. Uh, he was excited last night because they were celebrating the the advancement, and uh, he said, "Man, I, I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping." Um, know, but again, the Rangers happen. don't want to rush him back because it's one of those things you need him right now. But at the same time, if he's not ready, he's under contract for you next year. And the Ranger pitching staff, I don't want to look too far. I mean, for next year, Jacob Degrom's not going to be healthy. Uh, Nathan Eovaldi's on a one year contract, so he's about to make himself some big cash this off season, whether it's the Rangers or elsewhere. 
They they really need Max Scherzer for next year too because he's he's locked in. But at the same time, can't worry about next year right now. You win now. <laughs> you got a you, hey, you you right now, man. You look like it's all about a team that's hot at the right time, yeah. and they are smoking yeah. right now. And they got Bochy. Well, and I mean, they got Bochy. I, I mean, the day that the the Rangers acquired Scherzer and then turned around and hired uh, traded for Jordan Montgomery, and then the Astros acquired Verlander. This series that we're almost about to get. Was that what was all you could think about? I was like, oh my gosh, what if we get these two? And, and what if you get a matchup in an LCS game with Scherzer and Verlander, which could happen. Mm. Um, now, it looks like, again, if Houston can handle business tonight uh, in Minnesota with Jose Arquiti on the mound, uh, Joe Ryan will be making his first postseason start. Astros have to feel good about that matchup, and Arquiti's got so much postseason you know, skins on the wall, mm. so many, uh, that you, you could set it to where it would be Verlander v... Evaldi in the first game of a of a best of seven series starting Sunday that. night. How good would that be? Uh, it would be at Minute Maid Park, uh, which mm. isn't always good for Houston because they stink at home. Mm-hmm. But um, that that is you know because the Rangers now have the opportunity to set their pitching because they they mowed through and you know five straight wins. Now Evaldi can be on full rest, even though he pitched great last night. He can be on full he rest Sunday. Awesome. Oh man, he was hitting ninety seven, ninety eight. He was riding that adrenaline. And both pitchers, both Christian Javier who's been up and down. But the thing about the Astros, Rod, as you know this, this time of year is when they lock in. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of times during the season where they'll kind of drift. and Get distracted. It's stuff just, going on. I mean, this is their time. Uh, and this is when a guy like Christian Javier gets back to being that, that go-to guy. He was outstanding. Uh, Astros got a bit, of a bit of a benefit yesterday because, the sh- you know, anytime you play an afternoon game in playoffs, the, playoffs. Shadow, the shadows are a problem when the sun's out, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Astros, in their first inning, the shadow was right over – the back of the catcher, essentially, kind of coming okay. in, a, in, a, in a crescent moon. Yeah. And so the Astros were in full sunlight because the problem with the shadow rod is the ball comes out of the pitcher's hands in the sun. It disappears then it hits the on shadow, you. and you're, you're trying like, to catch the, the spin. It's yeah. hard enough in, with good light. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's changing, and it, it really becomes a, an advantage to the pitcher. But the Astros had that first inning where they didn't have the shadow problem. The, the shadow was right kind of behind the butt of the hitter and behind the catcher. And, you know, the Astros jumped on him for four runs. Jose Altuve had a single. Uh, Bregman got out, but then, you know, you, you, Jose Abreu jacks the home run to, as part of that. Jordan got a hit down the line. Um, you stack the bases, and you get four runs on the board. That's all Javier needed. And then by the time Javier came to the hill in the first inning, the shadow was right over the front of home plate. <laughs> like it was right there along the cutout. And uh, all the hitters from that on then on kind of struggled with it. Later in the game, Jose Abreu hit another home run, and Astros tacked on a bunch. But that four-run first was really important. Just like last night, you know, Corey Seager hitting the home run in the first inning was critical for you know oh, yeah. Nathan Evaldi to settle down and just anytime you can pitch with a lead in the playoffs, it's huge. Teams who score first in the postseason so far, fourteen and four. Yeah, well, that's the guy because getting out front is big because well, like every said, win is so massive. Then the, the the managers start managing differently. They don't let pitchers get mm-hmm. into trouble. They're going to go to the bullpen quick, especially in a closeout game like that. You're 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 not going to let you know get away because once you get a lead in the postseason, critical. That's why the Braves come back the other night was. So huge, right? The Braves coming back when they were mm. down four to nothing and five innings in, and they hadn't had a hit. That that was a huge rally, not to say the least. Hey, Rod, we'll talk baseball. Also coming up bottom of the hour, just got a note that uh, our buddy Jerry Hamilton inside Texas will jump on with us. Uh, we want to get a recruiting update because I know a lot of Longhorn fans. Then to the bye week, how did the even though you lost the game, how was the recruiting effort? Because that was a home mm. game for the Longhorns. We'll get the latest from Jerry coming up. Always good to chat with uh, one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business, Jerry Hamilton. Also before the end of the hour, some bullish or B.
S. A big basketball recruit down to two schools. Oh, too. that's true too. Ooh, we'll Definitely about about that. Is it Trey Johnson? Who was it? Trey yeah. Johnson down yeah. to Baylor in Texas. Uh, that was with Kenny. He's the kid out of Dallas, right? He's now playing at the prep school. We'll tell you about that coming up. Mm-hmm. Here's, here it is, Rod. True Mr. October story. As I mentioned, Jordan Alvarez is becoming Clutch. the new Mr. October. Uh, but it used to be Reggie Jackson. Then it was kind of Derek Jeter for a long stretch mm-hmm. there, too. It says, True Mr. October story. I went to a Ranger game as a kid. Reggie was playing right field, dropped a routine fly ball. We were in right field stands. He got all over him. And next inning, he lined up, hit a blast right into our section. <laughs> Reggie's legit. Well, nice. Reggie, Reggie Jackson, kind of like Jordan, because Jordan looks like he could play some football if he needed to. What? Yeah, no doubt. At 6'5", 225. I wouldn't want to tackle him. Reggie Jackson was a football player. Have you ever, have you ever seen that documentary on Reggie Jackson's life? I have not. Where, where, where did he play? Arizona State. Okay, I didn't know that. Reggie Jackson. What was position in, did he play? Do we know? Do you know uh, that? I'll find out. I'll that was find pretty out. cool. I, I didn't know that, actually. Dude, he was a great athlete. I mean, he's 77 years old now, but he in the, in the 70s and the 60s, that guy was unbelievable. Um. He legendarily he had three consecutive home runs at Yankee Stadium to clinch Game Six of the '77 World Series. I mean, that's where Mister October. You do that in New York, Game Six, clinch mm. it with three straight home runs. Yeah, under the short porch and right there at Yankee Stadium, awesome. Uh, but yeah, great athlete, and uh, uh, he was a tailback in football. Nice. Injured his knee early in the season, his junior year, and uh, stuck to baseball. Okay. Yeah, but he nice. was a, he was a dude. I can believe that. But, uh, yeah, we're watching great baseball. Corey Seager, stud. Um, who's your favorite Ranger player right now, Ty? Because you kind of fluctuate. Because you, you've stalled your stock on Dak Prescott. Um, now you're back investing in the Rangers, which I appreciate. Probably El Bombi. Oh. Just because he's been there the longest. Adolis. And he's gotten so much better with age. I used to be a, like, I mean, it's a high strikeout guy. Always had the power, but. He's really gotten better over the past few years. And, and I mean, whenever he hits a home that home run he hit last night, Bomb. you just know it immediately. Bomb. Mm. Gets me hyped up. And yeah. then, well, and the, the one that Elbombi hit, I mean, that's one of the worst pitches you'll ever see. I mean, it was batting practice. It's like you just threw that ball right down the heart of the plate to Elbombi in that scenario. That's the loudest I think that stadium was last night. I think night. you're right because it, it just blew the roof off the place. And I think that uh, – because Rangers never played a playoff game in that that no. building until last night, and so they were they were hype, man. That was that was big time. Uh, but it was one of those as the pitch was coming in, Rod. You can kind of go, uh oh, uh oh, because <laughs> it was like batting practice. It was Just like laid out there. Yeah, like, yeah, watching a home run derby. He's like, uh oh, that's not going to go well for you. Uh, and yeah, smackaroni, and uh, see you later. Yeah, home runs. I want to say the run forty, damn near forty nine percent of all the runs in the postseason have been home runs. Like that's exactly what. That's exactly what Major League Baseball wants. Chicks dig the long ball. Some yeah. questions. Chicks always dig the long ball. Yes, they do. So do dudes sometimes. Well, yeah. We all love the long ball, but chicks especially. It says Cowboys about to become the Jets on national TV. Nobody wants to watch them because they're lousy. Well, the Cowboys mm. have played some unwatchable games in primetime, right? The Jets game, or the uh, <laughs> Giants game was unwatchable because they were so dominant. Yeah. Is it possible, guys, that the 49ers are just that really good? Like, yeah, it is. That, you know what I mean? That the Cowboys are still good. But the 49ers are just on a different level than than everybody else at this time. We just talked about it, guys. They have an all-pro at every level of offense and defense, except for quarterback, pretty much. Quarterback, they don't have an all-pro, but Purdy's playing like one. But Debo, former all-pro. Kittle's probably got through his resume. Trent Williams on the O-line. Backfield, Christian McCaffrey. D-line, Bosa. Warner on the the linebacking core. Uh, uh, What's his name? Um, Tufanga? Tufunga LaFowl. Tufunga LaFowl. Um, he was so an all-pro, I believe, uh, two years ago or last year. He was an all-pro. They, they're, they're, I don't know if any team can really good. say that. 
that but, they but, but to get humiliated like that, Rod, where it's just yeah. not close. I oh, mean, I know. You in, in a game up. where everyone called it and knew it was a measuring stick game, well, you didn't measure close. I mean, it's one thing to get beat in that game. Uh, like the like the Kyle Longhorns, right? The Longhorns lost the game mostly because of their own unforced errors, uh, and they feel like they can fix those and get back and play that team again. I don't think any Cowboy fan wants to play the Niners again come playoff time, and that was the goal, right? That's mm. the bar. Um, so, you, but you're right. I mean, the the and then you got Micah Parsons coming out yesterday on his or Monday on his podcast talking about. You know, personal. Now it's personal because it's personal now, George Kittle had a T-shirt it's that personal. said "F Dallas." Like it wasn't personal when you was blowing us out by three touchdowns, but now or the, it's personal. Knocking us out of the playoffs <laughs> each of the last two years that didn't make that it personal. No, that wasn't personal last year either. Not nope, that's huh? not personal. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's I not mean, personal until I saw that well, damn T-shirt. This is where dude. you have to trust Mike McCarthy to keep his hand on the wheel here because what this can't do is spiral you where you take a couple of losses and all of a sudden you're not even competing with the Eagles. And the Chargers game is one you could lose if you're not careful. Oh, yeah, because Kellen Moore knows you better than any other coach in, in the NFL knows you. Know, you. And Eckler's back, and they just had a bye week. Yeah. Uh, they also, remember, this was the Chargers lost week one and week two, but it turned around a one back-to-back. So now they're looking for three straight wins, get back into that divisional race with the Chiefs. That's one that you can't. What did, what did your coach always say, Mac Brown? Don't let one loss beat you twice. Don't let hey, don't let it happen. Don't it let can. it happen. Then it can in yep. the National Football League. Uh, guys, the original Oct- Mr. October Reggie Jackson works with the Astros. Reggie, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. This says is Sam Elliott managing the Rangers. Yeah, I guess Bruce Butchie does kind of sound like Sam Elliott with that cut we played. That's pretty hey, good. Sam Elliott. Uh, Sam is an OG. He is an OG. <laughs> he looks and sounds just like my grandpa. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. How Richard old? Elliott. Your grandpa's an OG too. How old is Jerry yeah. Jones? Uh, not old enough. The texter says he's eighty. He's eighty now. Hey, a, a spry eighty though. Is Can he? We admit, yeah, he's got another seventeen. For hey, you don't years. think he's a spry eighty? That's an old. Some people are eighty and they late. They You're look, right. They You're look right. He like is a decrepit spry. eighty. But his eighty is. I mean, he's still he's you know still getting up, moving around pretty well, cracking jokes. He's still pretty. So he's getting some shots or something. He's a billionaire. Yes. Oh, cool. Of course, no doubt. I mean, yes, yes. It's, it's, it's PEDs involved here. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good plastic <laughs> it's not, surgeon. It's not all a natural. And but a good, good plastic I think, surgeon. I think he's helps. a spry eighty. You They're know pumping I mean? him through full of Adderall every day. That's probably why he rambles on and says crazy stuff on yeah. the radio shows. But. Exactly. Like like Mac Mac Brown for as old as he is. Like well. Pete Carroll is probably the best example of like a spry. What is he like? Sixty. He's seventy. 60. I thought. He he's might. You might be right. Like Pete Carroll is in his seventies. However old he, however old he is, he doesn't. He there's no his personality and disposition or nothing. Doesn't change. The, exactly. They're not he's even 72. close. Yeah, he's the same age as Mac Brown. Exactly. Like same age as Mac. I want to say Nick Saban is. I think seventy. Brown there too. Yeah, he's and in he's 70s. a he's a he's a younger seventy. You want to be a spry seventy. Seventy one, Nick Saban. Yeah. So. Hey, we'll come back when we do. Jerry Hamilton gets us a recruiting update, both football and basketball. Longhorns coming out of the Red River game. How did that uh, play with recruits? Also, uh, the basketball recruit we mentioned, bullish or BS, for the end of the hour. It's to get you over the hump Wednesday. Hook them up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Beavers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Yeah, up over the hump now. Looking forward not just to a uh, Texas Longhorn list weekend, but there are several ranked matchups in college football. Also looking forward to weekend number two of ACL Fest, including these guys right here, the Foo Fighters, Saturday night. I'm sure it's an incredible show. Dave Grohl mm. always does that. Hopefully Kendrick Lamar can get here on time this week on his Friday performance. Uh-oh. Yeah, that sucked for people who came there just for Kendrick Lamar. Uh, I have a son like a who that would be the case, right? 20 minutes on stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, my son Nolan went with his with his buddy Zach, and they were disappointed. 
So I'm trying to find a, a wristband for this Friday. We'll see if I can pull that off because he bought his own tickets for week one. And uh, see if I can you help find him. Me got one some too? clout. I'm about to say, yeah, use your clout, man. You got some. Well, you know, this is the first time. I do have a little, I know some people within that realm. You know some people. Uh, including Nick Shuley, who'll be in the house coming up hey. uh, at 930 this morning with our Setlist set list, ATX. Baby. And uh, what's going on? He went to a big show last night down at the Paramount Theater he'll tell us about. But he, uh, but yeah, but this was the first year. I couldn't go because I was up in Dallas and we were doing our Texas OU thing, Rod. And then my, this is the first year none of my kids hit me up for tickets. My son, this this was a proud moment. My son Nolan bought his own ticket. There you go. My like, dad mm-hmm. took, took all my brothers. He didn't even ask me, and I didn't get asked either. Let's go with them. So. Oh, you got hosed. Yeah. <laughs> all my he kids. Time like, you can get your own ticket. That's what he means. I usually do. I, yeah, I mean, I have since like college. Well, I mean, my my most favorite story of of high school is when I didn't eat my eggs for breakfast freshman year on the Friday of ACL, and I came home get ready to go with my wristband already on, and my dad was waiting at the door <laughs> with a pair of scissors, and he cut it off and said, "You're grounded." Oh, told you, to finish those damn eggs. you couldn't go. Yeah. Dang. Come on. You didn't eat your eggs? That's when he thought I was going to be a like NFL defensive end for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> hey, look who's on the line. Good. One of our favorites. It's uh, Jerry Hamilton, senior recruiting and analyst at uh, On Three Sports inside Texas. And um, doing great stuff at that website and on their On Texas Football channel. He is Jerry Hamilton. G Man, how are you? I'm great, man. How are you guys? I uh, just, uh, you know, uh, we're Rod. We're one win away from a Rangers Astros ALCS. That'll be epic in the state of Texas if it happens. Damn right, baby. Some of those games don't feel like you know a little, a little, a little bit of Texas OU, man. You're gonna have a little the rivalry. You're gonna have that. I, I'm glad you went there. I'm glad you went there because I totally agree. Oh, nice. They'll be, you know, it's what when when te- when the Astros moved from the National League to the American League, it was kind of always the hope that that could happen to build this rivalry. And now we're a win away. Let's not jinx our Astros, Jerry. They got to get to get this victory tonight or, to, or uh, in Game Five. But it feels mm-hmm. pretty good right now after the big wins yesterday. Uh, and yes, that will be some kind of couple of weeks of baseball uh, and the rivalry on top of it. Uh, Jerry, before we talk recruiting side of it, what was just your take on the Texas OU game? It was a thriller. It was a hell of a football game. You were there uh, in the building. What was your uh, your read? I'll tell you what. It was an unbelievable college football atmosphere. I mean, you know, look, I left the hotel at 6, I think 45, uh, Saturday morning. And I said, ah, you know, it's 6.45. I'll be down there by 7 where I was staying 15 minutes. I've never seen that much traffic when I hit I-30 going to the Cotton Bowl. You know, you're a couple exits away when you hit I-30. Never seen that much traffic at 7 a.m. for Texas OU. So I said, "Uh uh-oh. Magnitude just went up a little bit. Then I got into the stadium. My son and I had never been before, and I think he was a little bit – in shock because I kind of prepared him because he was at Texas Bama game with me last year, not this year, last year. Um, and just to call it with college game day there, but there were more people there. I saw more 7 a.m. corn dog consumption <laughs> than my other three or four years when they, I've been there for the 11 a.m. kick. I mean, I, I, it was amazing how many people were there. The college game day set was incredible. How many people were just hanging around there. When the Texas bus came in, how many people were there? You could just tell it was a big-time game, uh, different than some others. And then, you know, during the game, the first six minutes of game action were absolutely wild for the fans. I mean, fans looked exhausted after six minutes. And I was like, (laughs) dang, we've got 54 minutes to go here. Uh, But from a recruiting standpoint, guys, and I I said this last night with Rod, 
and, and I said it with Justin Wells, and I'm not just saying this because Texas lost. I, I'm not one of those people, man. Um, in fact, some Texas fans don't like me because I call it like I see it. There was no loser from a recruiting standpoint in this mm-hmm. game. I'd be saying the same thing if Oklahoma had lost the game. It was too great of an atmosphere. It was too great of a game and too great of a setting. And both teams, I mean, 34-30 goes down to the last minute. Both teams ranked in the top ten, but still, um, and should be the rest of the way unless they collapse. It was an unbelievable game for recruiting for both programs. Now, Texas needs to go handle their business the rest of the way. But with the young 2025 kids in the stands, 2026 kids in the stands, there was no recruiting loser coming out of that game. That I'll tell you. Yeah, Jerry. And who? Um, what particular specific players that came to that game do you think um, right now are leaning to Texas potentially in your mind? Yeah, you know the interesting thing is Texas extended an offer to a, a safety named Xavier Philsame, five star out of McKinney, who's originally from Orlando. He's committed to Florida. They extended an offer to him Saturday on the way down to the game. Wow. Inside Texas, I actually broke that news. He was coming to the game Friday and then broke the uh, uh, offer news Saturday. But I'm not saying he's leaning to Texas, but he's the new name for Texas fans in 2024 because most of that hay is in the barn. Mm. But that's a new name for Texas fans. But George is also making a strong push there, which does tell you he's really good because Will Muschamp doesn't exactly recruit stiffs at safety. Um, so, it, look, that kid's really talented. Some of the 2025s, a linebacker at McKinney High, Riley Pettijon, uh, ranked six, top 65 in the country. I think he's a, I think he's a, a slight Texas lean over Florida State, Florida, LSU, um, but that one's a long way to go. Michael Fasusi, the top offensive tackle in the state in the junior class and maybe the top pass protector in the country in the junior class, that's a Texas OU battle. I think Texas was out in front of OU headed into the season. I think those are neck and neck. That's the one battle in state. Like Kyle Flood and Biedenbaugh, man, and, and Venables and Sark, they're going at it for this kid because he's special in pass protection, or he could be. That was one. You know, the running back from New Orleans, Harlem Berry's interesting one that was there, guys. I was by the school in August. He is very fast. Rod's watched him, very elusive. Kind of. I'm not comparing him to Jamal Charles because I'm not sure. You know, you play private school ball in New Orleans. I'm not going to compare you to Jamal Charles at Port Arthur Memorial who every Friday night everybody was gunning for him and he had to put it on the board. But Harlan Berry has some of the same skill set, let's say. Uh, but Harlan being there was interesting because that's a Texas-Florida uh, Texas, LSU, and LSU's been the childhood favorite for him. But we found in recruiting nowadays that doesn't mean you're going there, but they have the first and the doors cracked open more for them throughout the process. His uncle is Jabar Luke, the running back coach at Florida, but who knows what's going to happen at Florida, man. They got a huge game this weekend, else the Natives are definitely going to get wrestled already, especially when you look at Florida's 24 schedule. But Shashard Choice, you know Texas is going to be in that final group for anybody he recruits at running back. Harlan Berry being there was big. Harlan Berry. How about this, Rod, on our, uh, our, our Rod and Jerry, Jerry Hamilton with us from inside Texas. Uh, on our, our, our text line, we got a Texas. I have a five-star cousin, say safety, who may be coming to the horns. Don't know why it's taken so long to recruit him. He committed to Florida, but it's about to change. That's got to be Xavier Philsame, right? I mean, now we're getting text from his cousin saying it's about to change. That could be a, a, a crazy text out of nowhere, but just, just to pass along that information. Hey, hey, that's a great hey, – there's, there's Aaron, the breaking news, baby. See, come on, it. man. Um, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing with him for Texas fans to know, and I put a story up kind of to get to know his recruitment 
Sunday. His dad lives in McKinney. His mom lives in Orlando. Uh, mom works in Orlando. He moved to McKinney in sixth grade. That, that's why early in this group, everybody just thought he's going to head to Florida. He's going to Florida because his mom's there. He's from there. And, look, this is what happens when programs don't win. You know, and that, that negative talk starts. I mean, Florida has a huge game this weekend. The question is, with Georgia making that, even though Georgia's making that run, somebody close to that recruitment told me Sunday, they think he's going to play college ball in Texas or Florida. And the fact that he mentioned Texas or Florida, um, that was te- it's telling to me that Texas is very much in it. And this, I don't think this is an offer that Texas makes unless they know the kid has serious interest. And safety wow. safety position is of need. We know Derek Williams is there, but uh, they're going to need some guys back at that end uh, that, that can, mm-hmm. can shore it up. Hey, uh, Jerry, the basketball side, there's apparently a big basketball commitment. We know it's coming down to Texas and Baylor. Trey Johnson, what's the latest there? Yeah, the question with Trey is, is he going to sign early, commit and sign in the fall, or is he going to wait until the spring? That's kind of up in the air. Uh, the number four player in the country, 6'5", uh, tremendous score, shooting guard. He's a guy that should average 17, 18 in the NBA one day. I mean, that's just the level of player he is. Um, the question with him is going to be the NBA G League Ignite. He left Lake Highlands after they won the state title. He's at Link Prep um, <clears throat> in, in Missouri, which he should go to uh, because you can make NIL money. You can't in Texas as a high school player. You can't in some other state. So he should make that move. Uh, he's not doing anything wrong by leaving Lake Highlands. He got him a state championship. His dad was on staff there. Uh, but the question there is, what, when's he gonna, when is he going to make his decision and when is he going to sign? And then you have to hold off the G League. I mean, I believe Ron Holland got around 800000 from G League Ignite. That's a lot of money to turn down. Uh, I, I don't care about NIL. That's a lot when you get to that level. So Texas or Baylor, whoever wins out there, and I think Texas has, has had a lot of confidence in this recruitment. Baylor got the last official visit. Obviously his father began his college career at Baylor there. That's when Rodney Terry uh, and Richard Johnson, the father, they, they've had a relationship since that time because Rodney Terry was on staff as an assistant at Baylor at that time. So there's a long-standing relationship with Rodney Terry and uh, Johnson family. Uh, so Texas knows exactly where things are at in this recruitment. Again, no, the question is when is he going to make his decision and when is he going to sign? And I think we'll know that in the next couple of weeks. Hey, Jerry, everybody um, always is trying to keep up with where you're going. It's a bye week for Texas. You got any special plans to get out and uh, see any uh, recruits or prospects? Yeah, I'm going to get out a little bit uh, tomorrow. Friday, I'm actually going to go to Willis to watch Willis play. And that sounds weird because they have a five-star quarterback committed to Florida, uh, DJ Lagway. I'm not going for that. Willis has some younger kids. They have a 2026 kid, which they don't – 2026 doesn't get me out very often. Hmm. A kid named Jermaine Bishop that um, the high school coach at Willis is saying if there's a better uh, 2026 uh, defensive back in the country, he would like to see him. That's how good this kid is. Texas has offered him. Uh, so I'm going to hit some schools uh, in the North Houston area on Friday. I'm going to hit a few schools uh, on Thursday as well. But I'm staying in the Houston area this week. Um, by the way, I need, to, I, I need to mention, though, Texas extended an offer last night um, after we got off the air rod. Um, Alex Foster, oh. defensive lineman out of Greenville, Mississippi, committed yeah. to Baylor. Wow. Uh, Texas offered him a 6'5", 270, really athletic kid uh, from smaller school out in Greenville. Uh, almost on that Arkansas border, uh, but obviously Bo Davis is from there. Uh, but Texas extended an offer to a new 2024 D lineman 
last night, and I expect Ole Miss to offer him soon. He's a kid that was 6'5", 230. 6'4", 235 as a junior. He's now 6'5", 270. They even mm-hmm. listed him at 275. Uh, really high, high upside athlete at defensive line. Wow. There it is. That's why he's the best. Jerry Hamilton, senior recruiting analyst inside Texas on three sports. Thank you, G. Uh, safe travels through the weekend, my friend. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Jerry. You got it, man. Thank you, guys. There you go. He's the best. He and, is uh, awesome. <laughs> he'll be on the recruiting show. Sark and his coaches will be all over the high schools. You can You're bet right. starting tomorrow night uh, all over. Uh, making the, the visits uh, with all the staff with the bye week here. Uh, big time right there. Hey, we'll come back when we do. A little bullish or BS. Rangers-Astros on a collision course in the ALCS. Uh, also, the big games in college football and pro football. Jerry Jones bullish on his quarterback. We'll talk about that coming up. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Time for Bullish or BS. Bullish on the Texas Rangers bowling their way into the ALCS with uh, 32 runs and five playoff games. Hmm. Holding their opponents to 12. Yeah. Those were 100-win teams each. 99-win Rays, 101-win Orioles. How about that? Mowing through the best teams in the American League. Props to the Rangers. In bullish or BS. Bullish or BS. Now we're bullish on the Astros getting there, too, and giving us this uh, Texas mm. OU-like American League Championship Series. Seven games, hopefully. Go to the ninth inning of Game 7 to decide it. That would be epic, and it could be. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Oh, well, it could be. I want to jinx it. Sorry. Don't jinx it, Rod. It could be awesome. Rod, what do you have in uh, bullish or BS, my friend? Uh, bullish or BS. Got a couple of uh, random topics here in bullish or BS. Give I want to me. ask you guys about... Bullish or BS, there are already NFL coaches on the hot seat. Um, coaches on the hot seat. Bullish in the or NFL. BS. Bullish. Frank Reich. Oh, I no. know. That, that's where it started from his comments yesterday, right? What you we played he called him. out the owner a little bit? It seemed like he did, but then he tried to walk it. But basically said, we have meetings. We'll play the audio later on. But that's what I kind of – Play right now. Forget You can find it pretty quick, Ty. But that's what actually got me thinking about. I was like, man, the way he's speaking, he's speaking like – he feels like he's on the hot seat already. He just got there. But that was a strange comment to say about your about your boss, about the owner of the team. Can I say this? Very weird. Bullish or BS on this, Rod, and we'll play the Frank Reich audio here in a minute. Bullish or BS, Bill Belichick on the hot seat. Is that possible? It, is that possible? I, I would. Oh man, those two back to back. He basically had his two worst losses in back to back weeks since he's been the coach at the Patriots. And the only one game they've won this year was against Zach Wilson and the Jets, who they always beat the Jets. Yeah, they have the Jets. I mean, it's been like I want to say since like 2015 or 16, he'd beat the Jets. Uh, but I, you know what? I'm not gonna say hot seat just yet, but it's starting to get warm. I well, think look, so. I don't think that you can. You cannot fire a legend like this during the middle of the season. No, he's got to get the wait. whole year. Yeah, I don't think he'll get fired. I think it'll be a he'll really kick him and Mr. Kraft will have he'll a retire. By the way, I, I hate yeah. to say this to the Cowboy fans, that there is a report out of New England that uh, if they do move on from Bill Belichick, move him upstairs into a different role, Dan Quinn of the Cowboys would be a hot name. What about Bill Belichick Ooh. as a coach of the Cowboys? Well, Bill Parcells action. No. No, because I don't think he's Bill Parcells. I I, I love Belichick. He's great. I I think Mike McCarthy should be on a hot seat, but at the same time, he's not going to be. Well, I pretty shouldn't even say I think he should. He's 12 wins a year ago, 13 years, 13 the year before. It's all about the playoffs for them. If he doesn't get past the divisional round, 
he will be on the hot seat. So it's not really about what happens during the season, even though that was the litmus test to measure and stick against the 49ers. If they find a way to get past the division round, even if they don't face the 49ers or they face somebody else, um, that to me is what his job security comes well, down to. Well, and I would also put Ron Rivera in Washington on that list, too, because remember, they they lost on Thursday night football last oh, week yeah. to the uh, winless Bears, and Magic I Johnson, who's part of that ownership group, was was disappointed in their, their energy. They didn't come to play. Uh, Ron Rivera seems typically show up and play. They didn't in that game, so that's a name I would put there. Let's hear this Frank Reich sound. Of course, the, the the Panthers drafted Bryce Young. The Texans then drafted C.J. Stroud. Um, there's talk about because Stroud's off to the historically good start. Bryce Young has struggled, doesn't have a lot of weapons to throw to, but this was Frank Reich talking about his relationship with his owner, Dave Tepper, the billionaire. There's different philosophies in ownership. You know what I mean? Some owners kind of stay stay away. And, and don't engage a whole lot. Other owners do. And his philosophy is he's going to engage. And, um, and listen, it's only been a short experience, but it's been a really good experience. It hasn't been fun. Hadn't been fun. Hadn't been fun. Those well, difficult meetings. Well, and that led people to wonder if he was talking about that he's, he wanted C.J. Stroud. He wanted Stroud. The coach did. And the owner wanted Bryce Young. Oh. And maybe that's leading to some consternation because mm. now Stroud looks really good and Bryce Young has not yet. I don't know that Bryce Young's been given. He doesn't have a receiver that he can rely upon or a running back, really, at this point. Miles Sanders has not been the answer. They're free agent signing from the Eagles. And they're a bad team. They're 0-5. And they're playing the Dolphins this week. Ugh. Not good. Not good. Yeah. There's only one matchup ride in the NFL of two teams with winning records. Just one. The whole week. Ooh, is that, who is that? Lions Bucks? Lions Buccaneers. Lions Bucks. Baker? Baker Baker. Man. Lions are 4-1. Bucks 3-1. Every other game features a winning team and a losing team or two losing teams. If Baker Mayfield can pull the upset over the Lions, people will start to think maybe that Bucks team is legit in the NFC South. Only other game close in the NFL would be the Niners at the two and two Browns. Niners five and zero at the hey, two and two Browns. Browns defense is legit though. That'll be interesting to see how they hold up against the 49ers offense. They got one of the best defenses in the league, and they're off their bye week. And of course, the, yeah, Deshaun Watson against that defense. Okay, he yes. might not play still. So. Oh, D. Watt still hurt. Was it Dorian Thompson Robinson and who's it? DTR? Who might be the worst backup in the NFL after watching him two weeks ago. So. He was good the preseason. Yeah, preseason, preseason different than the regular season. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, we also know there are uh, several ranked matchups in college football. It's a Wednesday. That means we're starting to look forward to the big games of the next weekend. Won't include the Longhorns. They're on their bye week. Cowboys, though, big one on Monday night. We'll talk about it and get it in the headlines coming up. Jerry Jones says Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get his team to the Super Bowl.